Welcome back to Do North, a podcast where we seek to navigate life and theology looking to the Bible. Now, today we're going to try to ask and answer the question, a little bit of a unique question, why should we think carefully about our testimonies, interestingly enough? Mm. So let's just start. Let's back up. What is, Pastor Ben, a testimony? What is that thing? That's a good place to start. I mean, to some extent, we're talking about how we use that in our church culture in right. America. Really, if you think about the word testimony, we we use that in an official sense when you think about someone testifying in mm. court, or even you see it used in the Bible, talking about people or the, the word of their testimony, which seems yeah. to be that they're testifying to their faith in Christ. Yeah. How that's kind of boiled down to the common way we use it is really someone telling their story of salvation, right? Mm-hmm. Well, what is my testimony? How am I bearing witness that God has saved me and kind of telling how God saved me and somewhat the timeline of that in my life is probably mostly how we use it. And I think that's a fair usage considering where it comes from in language and even in the Bible. Right. The way I often like to put it is it's basically just sharing the gospel through your own story. Right. You're saying, here's what Christ did for me. Mm -hmm. Right. Here's my life before Christ. Here's what happened when I encountered Christ. And here's my life now. Right. The problem of sin the, the solution of Christ, and then the result, the Second Corinthians 5.17, you're a new creation. Exactly. Now, this seems somewhat obvious if you've been a Christian for really any amount of time. So mm-hmm. why do we feel like it's important, especially in a context like Compass, for us to clarify the significance of a testimony, and maybe even more specifically, being precise and accurate with a testimony, biblically speaking. Right. And you might hear that if you come to our church, you might see someone getting baptized. And part of the reason they're getting baptized is they're saying, well, I've rethought my testimony. And maybe even I thought I'd been baptized, but I wasn't a Christian then. Or even we have a discipleship program called Partners, uh, where that's one thing it encourages people to do is to think through their testimony. And so why would we do that? I think big picture, it comes back to what you were saying. Really, it's presenting the gospel. And so that's why I think we need to think carefully about it, because Hmm. if there's a disconnect between our story and what the Bible's saying about the gospel, well, now we're not sharing the gospel accurately. And that's that's a big deal, because... Let me step back to a big picture for a moment, and then we'll kind of come back to the question. But let's consider our society, our culture specifically. I mean, we live in the United States of America, where even though the number is dropping, what I still find on surveys is somewhere in the, you know, even 65 to 70 percent of the nation is going to say they're a Christian. Mm -hmm. And that's where I would say, even if I'm being generous, um, (laughs) I don't don't know what the percentage is uh, of how many people in the United States of America are truly born again. But I would say, even if I'm feeling generous on that, we're we're probably looking at at least or around 50% then Mm of the United States of America are people claiming to be Christians that aren't actually born again followers of Jesus Christ. So I think we have to be aware of that in our culture, that even just the demographic fact is most people that are going to come to faith in Christ through Compass Bible Church will have already thought of themselves in some shape or fashion as a Christian. Mm. And so there's a lot of confusion in America about what the gospel is. There's a lot of confusion in America about what it means to be a Christian. Mm. And I've had a lot of counseling meetings and I've had a lot of conversations, you know, with people even about, hey, where are you at 
with Christ? Are you really a Christian, even though they may claim to be? And sometimes that'll be an interesting conversation because I don't know. Sometimes they'll really push back hard against that, but I have never, ever, ever had someone disagree with the idea that there's fake Christians in America. People always agree with me on that. They're always, well, yeah, obviously there's people that claim to be Christians that aren't Christians. Um, So that's kind of the big picture. If we bring that back to our testimonies, I think you set it up well with it's really presenting the gospel. Mm -hmm. And if we live in a culture that is so unclear about what it means to be a Christian, if we live in a culture where it's so unclear about what is the gospel, we want to make sure our testimonies are clear. I'd say for two reasons. One, we want to make sure that we are clear on the gospel. Because that's what I find. Some people, their testimony is revealing they're not clear about what the gospel is. Um, And then we want to be clear in how we present the gospel Mm -hmm. to others, which sometimes it's right to use our testimony as a way to do that. It's almost like that's a distinctive that we have here at Compass Bible Church. Almost. We seek to proclaim a biblical gospel. And that's not just something we want to do from the stage. Right. Right. I mean, that's what we want to do in our personal lives, right. through our testimony. So when we do these sort of baptism meetings, mm-hmm. when we're trying to ask and evaluate, maybe you could say, someone's testimony, right? as a pastor, what are some of the things that you're looking for? You might hear a phrase like a credible testimony, a credible right. profession right. of faith. Right. What are some things that you're trying to look for in a credible profession of faith? And maybe what are, to go along with that, some things that are misconceptions or right. things that are often said that can be confusing or maybe lack clarity. Right. I mean, it comes up in like baptism meetings. It, it, for me also, this is just one of my go-to getting to know you questions right. in a church setting, right? Mm-hmm. As I'm meeting new people to the church, I love to ask them, hey, what's your testimony? Um, and then, I, I mean, it goes one of two ways. Sometimes it just becomes incredibly apparent this person doesn't really understand the gospel. Like, right. hey, what's your testimony or what, what, what's bringing you to church? And then there's just like, well, you know, I've been, and they pretty upfront, like, hey, I've been in trouble. Mm. And, you know, I need to just kind of get get back to God and get back to church. And I'm thinking, get back to God, get back to church. Right. That's not a very clear understanding of the gospel. And yeah. so now I know I want to I wanna keep talking to this person about w- w- what the gospel is and what it really means to get back to God. I mean, in some sense, that's the idea of reconciliation. Right. But, but do they understand what that means and what that involves? Even if it's someone that then gives me a strong testimony, well, then what it's done is now I've made talking about spiritual things part of the expectation for this relationship. And that's a good low bar to start, right? right? How did you come to know the Lord? What's your testimony, right? Well, now I'm like, okay, great. And now when I see that person, we have a a relationship that's built around talking about spiritual things. So I think it's helpful on a variety of levels. But some of the things I'm looking for, I said the main thing is, does their testimony reflect a biblical understanding of the gospel? Mm -hmm. And sometimes it's very apparent that there is an understanding of the gospel. Sometimes it's very apparent that there's not a great understanding of the gospel. Right. And then sometimes we're, we're somewhere in the middle, which means, well, I want to continue to get to know this person and understand what they know or what, what they're thinking and where that's come from, right? Yeah. So we, we want to be careful, um, but it can reveal a lot of those things. I think in our culture, some of the misconceptions, uh, I mean, one, some people will give you just this idea, well, I've always been a Christian. Mm. And I think yeah. that instantly runs into, well, what does the Bible say about being a Christian? And one of the things Jesus made pretty clear is you must be born again. Mm -hmm. So if there's no kind of understanding of I have to be born again at some point, that's 
a misconception. I think another big one in our culture is a lot of people will share a testimony that basically shares a concept that I think is very clearly contrary to what Scripture would teach. And that is, a lot of people, if you listen to testimonies, will give you the idea, you can be a Christian and walk in darkness. Mm. And I think if you look at John 8, 12, Jesus, I am the light of the world. Whoever believes in me, the people that are following me will not walk in darkness. Or 1 John 1, 6, the one who says, I have fellowship with God, but walks in darkness is a liar. He's a liar, yeah. Um, I love that Pretty pretty straightforward. And I think that's a common misconception, you know, oh, I accepted Christ when I was five years old, and then I lived like a pagan for two decades. I was walking in darkness for two decades, and then I recommitted my life to Christ. Mm. And I think, you know, there can be, and we'll get to that, some legitimate questions. And even even there can be uncertainty that's fair with your testimony. It's not about you need to know for sure exactly Mm -hmm. the, the date. But sometimes we express that in ways that I think are being unclear about the gospel. And right. so I think those are some of the common misconceptions that I see. Yeah. So we're looking at, I mean, as an example, you know, you, we might hear something like, well, I was sad. There was right. a lot of bad things happening in my life. And then God took them away or took away the sadness. He made me happy. He made me whatever. And and really what, that, that's not outside the realm of what the gospel right. does. Right. I mean, obviously Christ can heal, uh, all of us. I mean, all of us in the sense of like our our whole being. Uh, he's redeeming us physically, spiritually. I mean, emotionally, mentally. All those things certainly can be included in the gospel. Um, but there's no talk of sin, right? Right. There's no talk of repentance, which is right. within the the biblical framework of the gospel. Uh, there's no talk of faith, trusting right. in Christ, right. and and so some of those things w- we would be concerned about. Okay, mm-hmm. do you understand what these things are? Exactly. Right. And from a pastor's perspective, it starts with learning more about the person because right. sometimes they might not use the same words that I would use, or hopefully I would argue even they might not use the same words that the Bible would use. Yeah. Like they might not use the word repentance, but the more you get to know them and the more they understand, well, that is what was going on. Yeah. And so then I feel like, okay, but still your testimony can get stronger the more biblical language you use. Because if the point is, I want to be clear from my own understanding of the gospel, and I want to be clear in sharing my testimony as a means to share the gospel, I want it to be as clear as possible. Right. And so that's where I think even improving some of the terms we might even use in our testimonies yeah. will help us more accurately use it to share the gospel to others. Yeah. So there's really kind of two extremes that I think you're identifying. One is we we want to be clear, so we don't right. want to be unclear. Right. But then the other extreme is this this sort of uh, imperative to be as precise as you possibly can about a specific date. Right, right. right. If you don't have the date and the time written on the front cover of your Bible, right. then you're not a genuine believer. And I think right. that's an extreme. So we have confusion and lack of clarity on the one hand, but then we have this sort of need and a necessity you know, imposed by some that right. if you don't know the day, the time, the hour, and it's written down... Right that you're somehow not a believer. So if you would say to some, if someone came to you and said, you know, I don't remember when the exact moment was, and they were kind of unsure right. if that communicated to them that they were not a believer, or they just needed clarity on some right. of those things, what would you say to them? Uh, one thing I often say to people is, what's most important is where are you right now? Right. And even just wor- working towards 
Does this person have an understanding of the gospel right now? Yeah. Are they turning from their sin? Repent? Have they repented and put their faith in Christ? And is there a confidence of that right now? That's what's most important. Yeah. But then if they're wondering, well, I'm not sure about when that happened. I, I want to just be clear. That's not as important yeah. as knowing if you are saved right now. You can die right. and not be certain when you were saved. And that's that's okay. Mm-hmm. And there can be a variety of reasons for why there might be uncertainty there. One common situation is people might have one of two points even. Like, mm-hmm. I maybe I got saved right here, but then there's this later point, and maybe I got saved yeah. there. Explosive growth. Right. Just a lot of love And, and I the think Lord. there's, there's val- like there's valid considerations like, hey, were you actually just walking in darkness between those times? Because mm. then I think biblically that would lead towards maybe you weren't actually saved or maybe right. was there actually genuine repentance and faith, but there was immaturity and a lack of growth, maybe partly because you were malnourished. You weren't really getting any biblical teaching because you weren't a part of a good church. There could be a variety of reasons. Right. And that's where I think when there's that uncertainty, I don't think it's, well, we need to resolve this ASAP. Right. It's more, we need to understand it and explain it to others in a more biblical way. Like right. there's more or less biblical ways you could explain your uncertainty. Yeah. Like you could explain your uncertainty in a way that's kind of misleading or unclear about the gospel, mm. or you could explain it in a way that's, well, I'm not sure exactly when I was saved, and here's the biblical reasons why right. I'm not sure. And that's yeah. okay that I'm yeah. not sure exactly. Yeah. Or I think sometimes, I mean, for me... There's a specific moment I can think of, but even that, it took me years to kind of come to peace with. I really do think that was the moment. Um, But for some people, there's no moment. And one illustration I use often with them is, you know, imagine we're we're here in Boise. Imagine you're going to to Portland, Um, except one trip you're driving and the other trip you're flying. And I ask you, when did you cross over from Idaho to Oregon? Well, if you're driving, you're going to remember, you know, driving through Ontario. You, you'll remember more Welcome of the specifics, right? You'll see the sign. And if you were flying, you might not know the exact moment, mm. but you'll know, well, it was somewhere probably around here. And I know I was in Idaho and now I'm in Oregon. Right. Like I can see the clear difference. Mm. And maybe I can identify something around here is where I saw that change in my life, but I'm not sure when. And yeah. I think that's, that's okay. Yeah, no, that's really helpful. Now, all this talk of testimonies makes me curious. I would love to just hear your testimony. Why don't you just share? Right. No, I'd love to share that and even maybe how I had to wrestle through that some myself. Right. So I was born in a Christian home and from pretty early age, it was a pastor's home. Mm. Um, And so grew up going to church and grew up fairly aware, I feel like, of the right answers and the biblical truth. And I was a kid who was kind of on the nerdy side, no surprise to anyone that knows me. (laughs) Um, So I knew a lot of the right answers and, and never intellectually struggled with that and even remember praying a prayer with my dad at a pretty early age. Um, But then when I was in fifth grade, I remember a student at my small, tiny Christian school coming to my classroom and sharing his testimony. And his testimony was that he had just gotten saved. Mm. He'd been at an event at his church where they were talking about what it meant to really repent uh, and how if you have not turned from your sin and kind of given it all to the Lord, that's not biblical Christianity. And it, in that moment, the Holy Spirit was really convicting my own heart, basically saying, he's talking about you right. too. Hmm. Because I was a church kid, pastor's kid. What I wanted and what God wanted, there was actually kind of a lot of overlap there. 
because it was in my best interest to be a good church kid. Um, But I knew where there was an overlap, I was going to do what I wanted to do every time. And and that's what God convicted me of in in that moment, I believe. And I I think I was born again that day, January 26th, 1998. Mm. But the truth is, after that, I actually wrestled a lot with, well, is that when I got saved? Because, I mean, it's not like I was dealing drugs in fourth grade or living sure. some crazy lifestyle like or was that just a moment of of sanctification mm-hmm. and i was uncertain about that for a while i had to kind of go through that process of oh hey are you certain right now yeah. are you confident right now first mm-hmm. and then and this is what i would tell people that are in that same spot or if there's uncertainty of you know even points just keep pursuing the lord mm-hmm. keep reading the bible keep studying the bible and i think the more you do that God could use that to bring clarity. Because then it was even the more I started doing ministry and the more I was having to explain to people what the gospel is and what the response to the gospel is. And this is what repentance Hmm. means, that I would look back with more clarity and be like, yeah, I don't think I could say I'd repented of my sins before that. Um, And so it kind of brought me to clarity of, yeah, I really think that was when I was born again. Mm. Well, amen. Well, if you were just to take this, the whole conversation about testimonies and for the people watching, you were to say, here's really what we want you to take away and understand. Here's kind of the point where we're trying to drive home. What what would you say? It's just, we live in a society that's very unclear about the gospel Mm -hmm. and unclear about what it means to be a Christian. Mm -hmm. So, that's why it's it's imperative that we look at how we would share the gospel through our own testimonies and, and seek to make clear, hey, I share my testimony. I am being clear, as clear as possible, yeah. about what it means to be a Christian and what the gospel is. Amen. Well, thank you for joining us on this episode of Do North. You can go to our website, compassbible.tv, for more resources. There's lots of sermons on there. And until next time, may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you.